Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, that is what is known as a pregnant pause. I was actually running to get my very hot and, uh, well, semi-delicious beverage, I guess. It's not uh, the foo-foo stuff with, uh, you know, the hit of vanilla in there or anything. It's just, you know, hot black coffee. So here we are. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. Yes, the train decided to go by right now as we're starting this recording. And yes, it is a recording. Even though today is June the 8th, the year of our Lord 2022, uh, we're still recording it because uh, summer's here. Although by looking outside, you wouldn't know it. Uh, But kids no longer have school. And so, uh, yeah, you know, you got to juggle. This is what it is. Uh, If you have little kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, The weather in Wisconsin seems to be mirroring the general mood of everyone else. Uh, It's uh, rainy and murky and icky and overcast and just, uh, well, quite honestly, blah. It is a very blah day here in Wisconsin. And uh, you wouldn't know summer was here uh, unless you looked at a calendar because, boy, oh, boy, it's just, it it doesn't look to be getting any better. It looks like the whole week's going to be iffy. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's good to have you with us. Another week has come and gone. Uh, Gasoline in California has hit the magic number of $10 per gallon, and uh, I know that some of you are going, well, it can't get any worse. Hang on to your hats. Uh, American Prophetic, uh, we'll talk when gas hits uh, 140 150 a barrel. How about them apples? So when gas is at 140 150 a barrel, the national average is going to be 10 bucks. California, I don't know, 15 bucks a gallon. But uh, fear not, our betters in uh, government uh, are telling us to eat cake in uh, not so many words. You are a peasant, therefore, ha-ha, eat cake and walk. Uh, The cake will give you energy. The walking will uh, dissipate the calories you ingested. And so it's a win-win situation. Now, if you live in Michigan, I love you. It's a nice state. I got family in Michigan. But how you people elected Debbie Stabenow, Stabenow, depending on how you want to say it, is beyond me. Look, this is, this is what you deserve when you elect people like Debbie Stabenow. The word tells us that over a wicked nation, God appoints a foolish or nutty ruler. Well, uh, apparently it's not just a head nut. Uh, Nuts of a feather flock together. So uh, Debbie Stabenow is somehow a senator. And uh, feeling the pain of her constituency, uh, she said the following. Gas prices don't matter to me because I drive an electric vehicle. So there you go. That's uh, Debbie Stabenow's take on the fact that most people are wincing every time they go near a gas station. Never mind when they pick up the gas pump and put in a quarter of a tank for the price that used to cost a full tank. And, uh, you know, you still had a little coin left over to buy a chocolate milk or maybe uh, one of those delicious gas station donuts. So, uh, again, look. Oh, mercy. They were interviewing uh, the finance committee. What's her name? Jen Ellen. Jen, Jellen? Janet? 
Yellen, Janet Yellen, that's her name. See, it comes to me. It's getting slower and slower because I haven't had a sip of my hot, delicious beverage. But I think it's Janet Yellen. I'm not sure. Either way, uh, she, she looks like a bridge troll with white hair. I know. There we go. See, all of, uh, you know, a certain demographic is up in arms now. How dare you? refer to a woman as a troll with white hair uh well because that's what she looks like if she looked like a beauty queen then mayhaps i would have said she is a very fetching woman she is a woman that mayhaps would draw the eye of an unmarried individual but she's not she's short and round and has a face that looks like it's been punched by god so, yes, she looks like a bridge troll with white hair. I know. Beth Moore fans have stopped listening a long time ago, even though auspiciously we still get donations in the name of Beth Moore. Uh, some of you have a very diseased sense of humor, and I love you for it. Uh, but this was during uh, Yellen's uh, testimony for the Finance Committee, for the Senate Finance Committee. And apparently they didn't listen to my program way back when, I don't know, eight months ago, when they were talking about the transitory nature of inflation. And I said, yeah, the only thing transitory was the bean burrito in Jerome Powell's intestine. Uh, But nobody paid me any mind. Apparently, uh, Miss Yellen, who is supposed to be uh, very well versed in the financial sector, said uh, she got broadsided by it. And then, of course, as they all do, rather than take any responsibility or say, hey, here's how we're going to fix it, uh, she went on to ramble about gun control and electric vehicles. And, of course, Debbie Stabenow had to come out and say, hey, hey, I own one of them electric vehicles. And guess what? I'm driving by the gas stations, and it don't even matter that the prices look like the phone number. Because while all those rubes are rifling through their pockets to see if they can come up with $9.99 for a gallon of gas, I'm sitting pretty in my electric vehicle. Thank you, people of Michigan. For electing me, and by the way, if you've seen pictures of Debbie Stabenow, she looks like a bridge troll beat her. I mean, there there are no pretty women in the Democrat Party. I know Beth Moore sitting there, I am. Well, Beth, I thought you were a conservative. I know, see, true colors. I see your true colors shining through. And uh, that's uh, you, Beth. But thanks for the donos anyway. So, uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, There's so much. I just, uh, well, now uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and I knew, see, that was her name, Janet Yellen, uh, warns that inflation will remain high. Thank you, Captain Obvious. We appreciate your contribution. So, uh, hmm. It's just so much to talk about. It's not even funny. Uh, Well, any hootie, the Christian Post put out a op-ed saying that uh, we need more profits rather than more show. And uh, although the sentiment is uh, well-received, I understand where it comes from, And this person may be completely honest in uh, their oratory. Let me remind you that when God sent prophets to the Church of America, the Church of America mocked them, derided them, rejected them, and refused to hear any message having to do with the word of the Lord. If the quote-unquote word of the Lord 
wasn't blessing upon blessing, pressed down and shaken together. Prosperity upon prosperity, I speak unto you. So, it's a little late to want to bring back the prophets. Because you know what's going to happen? If the prophets make a return, and they begin to speak a true word of the Lord, even at this juncture, the church will reject the prophets. Even at this juncture, they will turn their back on the word of the Lord. Let's just be frank. I mean, I I love you guys that listen to this program, but even those of you that listen, I get emails. Well, I, I liked your content except for A, B, C, and D. Stop talking about this. Start talking about that. I'm like, excuse me? Since when? It may be coming from a good place. I understand it. But this is the mindset that we've adopted. We don't take something as it sits. We don't take something as it stands. We, we feel the need to tell people how to alter whatever they decide to put forth, whatever they decide to talk about. And that's doubly so when it comes to, quote-unquote, words of the Lord. Because first, they, they, they get tested, peer-tested. What do you think about this word from the Lord, brother? Well, I think it's good except for this little bit. And then it gets tweaked until it finally makes it to the masses. That's not a word of the Lord. That's a pitch campaign. That's a PR statement. So stop with, we need more prophets. They came. You rejected them. They've died off for the most part. Those that are still around and saying things, well, you know, brother, I wouldn't be that harsh. Now, I, I understand you're, you're coming from a good place. Don't be that harsh. Because, you know, you, you draw more flies with honey. Do you, though? Because I'll put a jar of honey out in a big old steaming pile of cow manure, and we'll see which ones the flies gravitate to. We can't use these anecdotal examples. We have to stop living in the martial goods age as far as the church is concerned and realize we're about to get bloodied and bruised. We're about to get a nosebleed on the best of days. Because like someone told you, don't know who, but somebody, I, I, if somebody's willing to do it, God bless you for your effort. Go back and listen. I mentioned it quite a few times. American prophetic, they're coming for your guns. They're coming for your guns. Because these people realize, again, political animals being what they are, they see the shifting winds. And they realize that when things get as bad as they know they're going to get, because there's no getting us out of this spiral, it would be nice not to have an armed citizenry. Because an armed citizenry that's starving might have a wee bit of a problem with Nancy Pelosi's freezer full of delectable ice cream. So even though she lives behind a fence, they'll still smell the searing steaks upon her $40,000 grill and go, hey, maybe Nancy wants to share. Perhaps we can compel her to share. So, Ah, what do we do? What do we do? Where do we go? Oh, let's talk about the church, because apparently nobody wants to hear about chicken wings anymore. I got another, stop talking about chicken wings. Well, they were important to me. So seeing as this is my program, this is uh, my weekly sacrifice of 60-odd minutes, our uh, unspoken contract is uh, that I get to talk about what I want to talk about. And then you get the option or choice of listening or not listening. So it's great. It makes sense all the way around. But since nobody wants to hear about the chicken wings anymore, by the way, $140, $150 a barrel-ish is going to hurt a lot worse than we're hurting right now. I'm just throwing that out there so that when it happens, Well, 
American prophetic. I know it wasn't the pink-haired lady. She's still going on about Trump and a unicorn. She's still going on bare-chested Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I don't want to see a bare-chested Donald Trump. I'm 47, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, nope. Imagine Donald Trump at 74, 73, whatever. That's not a mental picture I want to keep in my, uh, you know, memory file. So let's stop with the, you know, bare-chested Trump on a unicorn with an M16. Trump's not going to save this. Do you understand that we've gone so far in such a short time that by the time the next election cycle comes around, as far as the presidential elections are concerned, four years is not going to be nearly enough for anyone to do anything meaningful to turn the ship around? And so you're going to have an administration for four years that's going to try really hard to bring back the economy, to bring back manufacturing, to bring back jobs, to get people to actually work again. Because, hey, sitting in your basement in yellowed underwear playing video games while the state sends you a check is good enough for some people. But it'll take four years just to start turning. And guess what's going to happen next election cycle? If we're still around, if we haven't just annoyed the world so much that we get slaughtered by everybody. They jump ship. They go to the other horse. Because it will take a generation, I kid you not, to put back together the pieces of this nation. And who's got that kind of time? Huh? I understand the Johnny Depp trial's over. No more talks about grumpies on a bed linen. I'm sure that Beth Moore had an opinion, but she didn't verbalize it because she's still in awe of Dr. Jill's flowing hair and Lady Gaga's dress. However, uh, people are starting to not get distracted by the distractions anymore. Does that make sense? Because the distractions are everywhere. They're just bloop, 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 bloop. It's, it's, it's just like a dookie bubbling up to the surface. It's, distractions are always going to be there. But people aren't being distracted by them anymore because uh, the things that are happening in this nation and throughout the world are starting uh, to hit a little too close to home. So uh, let's see what's happening in the church, because, you know, we are the hope of the future. If not for the church. (laughs) So uh, three stories that I'll go into, just because I know, well, brother shouldn't be attacking brother. I'm sorry, I don't associate with these people as my brothers. First of all. I know, see, that's, that's so unloving of you, brother Michael. You should have arms wide open for everyone. Nope, not if they bring shame to the household of faith. That's a, that's a hard rule for me. If you give the church a black eye, you're not my brother. That's just as simple as it is. Ex-megachurch pastor Bruxy Cavey arrested for sexual assault. Police say there could be more victims. Really? Because what was it? We just celebrated Pentecost. We don't need that stuff anymore. No, Pentecost was for the Pentecostals in the book of Acts. Those weird folks. And we, we, don't, we don't do that. Well, if the church of Bruxy Cavey had the discernment, uh, then they would have known he was a little pervy. Before they called him pastor for a while. Why does it take the police to out sin and perversion in the church? It ought to be that the church is where the sin is discovered and then reported and dealt with. But the fact that it took the police to come in and and uncover, where's your discernment? Where's the, you know, Pentecost of the days of old when, you know, a a guy lies and he drops dead. And then his wife. 
or the other way around. I'm sure it was the wife's fault because they're, they're always the ones going off the rails first. Ah, I kid, I kid. See, now the best more fans are at it again. Look at him, a misogynist, toxically masculine the way he is, even though he's chubby. Somehow, he's still masculine. I know, it's scary. What can I do? Uh, nearly three months after he confessed to sexual misconduct and resigned as the primary teaching pastor of one of Canada's largest megachurches, police arrested and charged Broxy KB with sexual assault and said they believe there could be more victims. Police in Hamilton, Ontario, announced in a statement Monday they arrested the 57-year-old on May 31st after an investigation into reports of a sexual assault that occurred while he served as the primary teaching pastor of the Meeting House. The church is headquartered in Oakville and has multiple campuses in the greater Toronto area. So my question to the individual that wrote the article, we don't need shows, we need more profits. Pray tell. Would have been uh, the reaction of the governing body of the Meeting House Church if one of these said prophets walked in, pointed the finger and said, Ichabod, or repent. Huh? Do you think anyone would have given that individual any credence? Even if they'd named the sin even if they pointed out the victim, they still would have chased them out of the church. You're bringing disunity and division. It took the cops. It took somebody that was fed up with being abused to go to the police and say, I can't handle this anymore. And finally, the cops had to step in and arrest this miserable turd. I guarantee you that's what would have happened if someone under the authority of the Spirit walked in and named the sin and pointed to him. You're bringing division. You, you're the Ichabod. So don't stop. Don't tell me we need prophets in the church. You, you kicked him out. You rejected him. You need prophets to confirm your bias and coddle your sin. That's what you need. Those aren't prophets. Those are ear ticklers. And apparently you haven't been looking because there's plenty about. Hamilton police want all survivors of sexual violence to know that we believe them. So anyway, this this perv got arrested. Now, uh, on, on this side of the ocean, <laughs> and you know what? You got to give it to him because uh, the guy's trying. If, if the left can redefine words, why can't we? So Oklahoma megachurch pastor Michael Todd said the phrase, once a cheater, always a cheater, doesn't apply. Uh, because he's in Christ and he's not a cheater. Well, uh, are you cheating? Then use a cheater. By definition of you cheating, you are a cheater. Uh, well, he—he he, see, this, this, this is it. This is the kind of prophet you deserve, kids. Uh, the pastor of Tulsa's Transformation Church recently preached a sermon titled Cuffed to Condemnation. Todd said that this is, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, including those who are unfaithful in their romantic relationships. Is it adultery, Pastor? That's not, we, we redefine that word too? Okay, well, apparently, I, I understand why he preached this sermon, because I'm reading further into this. 
And this is a quote by him. Yes, it happened, but that's not who I am. Yes, I did it, but that's not who I am. Yes, I've repeatedly done it, but that's not who I am. Uh, Monsieur, I beg to differ. That's exactly who you are. Uh, look, you can find excuses and justifications. And I, I got married young, and I was curious, and uh, it was the culture. That's it. It was the culture. And uh, I started exploring stuff. And how? I'm just. I'm. I'm waiting. Honestly, I'm waiting for uh, certain things to uh, arise, come out, be released and found out regarding uh, this situation. Because, you know, some guys are smart. And they'll wag the dog before news of what they've done comes out. They'll start doing an entire sermon series on forgiveness and the weakness of the flesh and uh, loving our brothers. Uh, And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple weeks later, boom, pastor so-and-so arrested. Be ye holy, for I am holy. I don't, you know, how interpret that pastor I know you did it you did it multiple times but that's not who you are however uh, you know we can try to redefine words but words still mean things and that's the problem a lot of these nouveau pastors are running into Uh, words still mean things and if you've done something and you've done it repeatedly um, you are become that thing that you continue to do so ah, I just read this it's fun uh, there's, there's a Senator Kennedy I like the man. He's uh, John Kennedy uh, from Louisiana. He represents the state of Louisiana. And in an interview, uh, I guess last night, one of his uh, takeaways was that the price of gas is so high, it would be cheaper to buy cocaine and just run everywhere. Uh, And if you don't know John Kennedy and, and his quips, this is in line with him. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. That, that is hilarious. The price of gas is so high, it's just cheaper to buy cocaine and run everywhere. Ah, uh, Lord. Uh, this, is, this is where we are. But the problem, the problem is, uh, you know, the environment and global warming and, and the problem is gun control. We're, we're focusing on the important things. Never mind that you can't get to the store, and when you get to the store, you can't afford to buy anything at the store. It's about you protecting the environment. Uh, so this is another one. It's different because, you know, uh, th- I'm, I'm sure there's a song out there, that, as long as I have Jesus, I need of nothing more. As long as I have Jesus, I could sleep on the floor. I don't know. See, I'm, I'm sure Gina will take that verse and make a song of it. Uh, it. It just came to me. I'm feeling so inspired by uh, the pastors of uh, Celebration Church, or shall I say the former pastors of Celebration Church, because that is the song of their heart, you know? As long as I have Jesus, I need of nothing more. Celebration Church sues to evict Stovall and Carrie Weems for, from million-dollar waterfront homes. 
sorry. These are the people that are supposed to endure to the end. These are, suppo- these are the people that are supposed to uh, stand firm and stand strong and resist the devil. These are the people that are marching on to war, indeed. <laughs> the 12,000-member Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida, continued its legal sparring with founding pastor Stovall Weems and his wife, Carrie in a new lawsuit earlier this month demanding that the couple vacate a million-dollar waterfront home owned by the church after the Weemses completely resigned from all work with the church in April. Church officials argued in a lawsuit filed on June 1st that on June 6, 2021, Weems purchased the disputed home located at blah, blah, blah Road. I'm not going to tell you because you might live in Florida and you want to see this mansion. So uh, you got to look it up yourself. On behalf of the church and Weems Group, LLC, which he managed himself. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that fortuitous? It, it's, it's almost serendipitous if you ask me. Here's a man who managed an LLC all by his lonesome. And he found a property that caught his eye. And given that he looked at the church's funds as his own personal piggy bank, apparently, uh, he purchased a million-dollar house. The purchase was made without authorization from the church's board. Redfin reports that the home, which has an estimated value of $1 million, was last sold for $1.286 million. Because when it's somebody else's money, why be frugal? The house has a million-dollar estimate. You know what? I'll pay you 1.3, just to show you the love of Jesus. Now, again... I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but my mind does wander via the conspiratorial avenues. Uh, Did uh, Mr. LLC of the Weems Group uh, know the owner or the former previous owner of this adobe or abode? It's abode. It's not adobe. It's adobe which is a style of a house, but abode is a house or at least uh, a, a living unit. You're welcome. See, you come here for education, and I give you education in spades. I'm wondering if he knew the former owners of this abode and if uh, – I mean, not a lot, but, you know, 100 grand kickback. Because if you're asking a million and you get 1.3, why not donate an amount of your proceeds back to the Weems Group LLC? That would just seem fair, wouldn't it? But that's neither here nor there. Again, I don't know if he knew the owners, but if he didn't, uh, he paid, I guess, almost 300 grand over what uh, Redfin estimates it. Now, granted. People are going nuts, or at least they used to up till about, I don't know, three weeks ago, offering, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 above asking. I get that part. This isn't 20, 30, $40,000 above asking. This is over a quarter million dollars over estimated value. So there's a lot of wiggle room there. The Weemses remain in possession of the property despite Stovall Weems's resignation of employment. The Weems's refusal to pay rent and the church's demands that the Weems's vacate the premises. The lawsuit filed in Duval County says, because, you know, nothing brings glory to Jesus. Like uh, a church taking its former pastor to court for, uh, I guess, being a squatter, although he doesn't feel like he's a squatter because uh, he bought the property with the church's hard-earned money under his LLC. So there. 
Celebration Church officials noted that they served notice of their founders on April 19th, April 26th, and May 16th. Well, at least they're committed. Asking them to vacate the home by May 31st so they can make so they can market and sell it. But the Weemses have refused, claiming that the parsonage use license agreement permits them to reside in the Shellcracker Road property until their deaths. Well, there you go. That's nice. I look. Even if you're in the right, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth of every single person that ever attended your church. And apparently it's 12,000 strong. That, that's, that's a hard row for me, man. I mean, un- unless you were there for the golden parachute and to eventually exit out of your position and, you know, have a million-dollar house. It's not a good look. But, yeah, apparently they feel entitled to living in the property until their deaths. According to the church, that agreement only applied to a $1.5 million home located at 4504 Henderson Lane in Jacksonville, Florida. The Weemses broke the agreement when they left the Hunterson Lane home and made the Shellcracker Road property their permanent residence. So it's a loophole. The church has a legal team. I know. The church's legal team found the loophole and they decided to pounce. Because nothing says apostolic like having a legal team. The Weemses have no legal right to continue possessing or using the Shellcracker property. If they refuse to vacate the property by May 31st, celebration will be forced to have them removed by operation of law. Attorney Lee D. Weedykind III of the law firm Nelson Mullins wrote in a letter to the Weemses' legal team. Hello, pastor, please get out. The police is here. Oh, man. This is what the church has become. Come on. And you think we're the hope to save America? You, I, I, please, send me some of the mushrooms you've been eating. This is, this is the future hope. The salvation of a nation rests upon the shoulders of churches that get litigious and, and, and threaten operations of law to kick people out of properties even though they had a contract and they found a loophole. And uh, yes, yes, very reminiscent of the church of the book of Acts. Very reminiscent of the love of Jesus and of turning the other cheek and all the good jazz the Bible talks about, but we don't know it talks about it because we haven't read it in a minute. Oh, mercy. The lawsuit further argues that the ecclesiastical abstention doctrine doesn't prevent the court from exercising subject matter jurisdiction over the dispute. Because the issues here do not involve matters of the church government or discipline. Instead, relate or they relate solely to neutral principles of law involving this property dispute uh, that do not implicate any issues of doctrinal controversy. Uh, it's, 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 well, it's not doctrinally controversial, but sure does put you in a bad light, doesn't it? I know, it's easy to spout legalese. But that's the problem that we're having in this country, especially in the church. Everything is situational. We have situational morality. We have uh, situational outrage. I, if, if you're not committed to a thing in good times and bad, if you're not committed to a thing, whether you come out on top or you lose out, then what's the point? 
Weems announced in April that he had resigned from every role he had with the church, (laughs) but would continue to pursue legal action against the church's board of trustees and officers. Because why not? He's retired. Might as well sue a few Christians. In a February 23 lawsuit, the Celebration Church founder claimed he was illegally ousted from his role as senior pastor by the church's board of trustees earlier this year when he tried to address financial abuse involving one of the trustees. So this is just a serpent's den, isn't it? This story gets more fascinating the deeper I get into it. Look at that. You got... And you start wondering, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Nobody knows. What we do know, they're all lacking. In wisdom, in discernment, in brotherly love. Take your pick. In a February... Okay, read that. The church in turn filed a motion to dismiss the Weems' lawsuit on March 10th. The church claims the lawsuit is the latest chapter in a campaign of deception, manipulation, distraction, and abuse of power by stolen Carrie Weems against Celebration. Celebration Church would later release an internal report (laughs) that found the Weems' leadership had been inconsistent and unbiblical Since 2019, then why did you sit under inconsistent and unbiblical leadership for an extra three years? See, that's what I mean by situational morality. morality. Situational offense. Apparently, until they spoke up about something they saw, you were perfectly fine to sit under inconsistent and unbiblical leadership weren't you so look there are certain situations there are certain times when you have to allow for the reality that there are no good guys in a given story This is one of those times I'm thinking. There's, there's, there's no shining light here. There's no good guy. It's just two different sides trying to get at the other one. Because if that doesn't speak volumes as far as brotherly love is concerned, I don't know what does. Investigators allege that Stovall Weems' leadership was marked by rampant spiritual and emotional abuse, including manipulation, a profound self or sense of self-importance and selfishness, superiority and entitlement, overbearing and unreasonable demands on employees' time, See, and these are all things that you can't prove in court. They're all subjective. I mean, can you imagine a a cat mom working in a church office? Everything would seem as an unreasonable demand. Everything would seem as overbearing. A lack of accountability or humility and demands of absolute loyalty. Well, yes, because everyone that becomes a pastor wants somebody to try and stab them in the back, you know. And this brings me to my point. Because there's people ask, well, why don't you pastor a church? This is why. You can't win. But we're not done. Nay, nay. Because you thought, well, Brother Mike, that can't be that bad. I mean, uh, there's still hope that we shall uh, bring America back from the precipice. We, the church, the moral church, the loving church. New York Church invites drag queens for Pentecost service. 
Uh, and apparently, the tagline was, worship is a drag. <laughs> Pastor says, white evangelicals are convinced that we're grooming their kids. Ha <laughs> ha. A church in upstate New York marked LGBT Pride Month by hosting a pair of drag queens at a worship service. Because nothing says, come quickly, Lord Jesus, like having a church service uh, that has drag queens as the preeminent focus. The Park Church in Elmira hosted a worship as a drag event Sunday, the first Sunday of the month recognized by LGBT activists as Pride Month. The church affiliated with the United Church of Christ not anymore. I don't mean that it's no longer affiliated with the United Church of Christ. I mean it's no longer the Church of Christ. Sorry. I, if you haven't gotten the memo, I know, I know, white people think we're trying to groom their kids. No, you're allowing perverts inside your church and applauding them. Led by the church's pastor, Reverend Gary Brin, the service was held to celebrate Pentecost, kick off LGBTQ plus Pride Month, and come to Christ's table of love. Oh, boy. Look at that. See, I know. We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones to make a brighter day. Yep, yep, yeah. I, hey, I, I am more hopeful in the rising phoenix now than ever before. This is the church that's supposed to arise. In a message shared on his personal website Monday, Bryn wrote, Just as there have always been queers, there has always been diversity in gender expression and affectional orientation. Uh-huh. Uh, excuse me, uh, I know you may be getting dizzy on your high horse, but before you topple off, uh, where is that in the Bible? Or, uh, as they say in California, la Biblia. Donde esta en la Biblia? There's always been diversity within Christianity. Well, uh, Bryn dismissed the idea of God as a white male. So now what? God's a drag queen? Is that it? How far, how far do you go before you, you live with the expectation of brimstone falling on your head? Oh, Lord. The pastor also offered on behalf of the church. Indeed, and, and if people still go to that church, you deserve it. He offered on behalf of the church. An extravagant welcome to the LGBTQ plus community. Tolerance, but celebration. Listen to that. Not tolerance, but celebration. And spoke about fighting racism. I, what, drag queens are a race now? I'm Jewish, I'm Romanian, I'm German, I'm drag. What? Are we losing? We've lost our minds. Stop with the rising phoenix. This is happening. This happened on, on the week that we're supposed to celebrate Pentecost. This diseased man is a pastor. But wait, we're not done. I know you're thinking of yourself or to yourself, Mike, there can't be anything more. We've scraped the bottom of the barrel, have we not? Nay, nay, as they would say, we have not scraped the bottom of the barrel. Because as we speak, listen to this. The Mennonite church Mennonites, they're like one light bulb away from Amish. The Mennonites 
just passed resolution allowing pastors to perform gay weddings. Yet, no, 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 open your ears. You heard that right. So first you have, you know, drag queens on Pentecost being celebrated, not just welcomed, not just, a, but celebrated. There you are in all of your mentally ill glory. A beard and chest hair in a Betty Boop dress. And then you have the Mennonite church. Passing resolution allowing pastors to perform gay weddings because why not? I know. Rising Phoenix. The Mennonite Church USA has voted to retire denomination white membership guidelines that prohibited pastors from performing same-sex weddings, but will allow local church bodies to maintain the ban. The membership guidelines had prohibited pastors from performing same-sex weddings, defined marriage as being between one man and one woman, and labeled homosexual, extramarital, and premarital sexual activity as sinful acts. Because they are. All of those things are true. The Mennonites, man! They're still, I mean, they're not like horse and buggy people. But they're close. We've lost our collective minds. And somehow, by some twist of fate, Somehow, by, 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 by some just blinded, blinding lunacy, we're still holding out for the rising phoenix, the Mennonite church. I, I could go on, but I... Look, you have, okay, tell me what's wrong with this headline. Kamala Harris holds abortion roundtable with religious leaders and says we need faith. That's the headline. All right, see? I know we're in such a good place, Brother Mike. I mean, it was touch and go there for a minute. But now that everything's going right, we realize how, how right Beth Moore was. We don't need no stinking nationalism. We know it, it's look at look at him. He's so pompous and proud. I'd rather see uh, Mr. Robinette Biden bumble three words and get angry because his synapses aren't firing off fast enough to make a cogent argument. I know, you need to stop picking on Beth. No, I don't. That's the beauty of being me. I can do what I want, I can say what I want, and the only one I'm accountable to is God. So as long as I tell you the truth, as long as I present you with what I know to be biblical precedent, then uh, I'm good. I know some of you are angry. Take my advice. Take my advice. Stop talking about this. Start talking about that. No. No. And look, I I talk about the things I talk about because I don't want to be held accountable for not saying the things I say. That's doubly true, especially true regarding the timing of the catching away. For somebody forwarded me a giant long email of why I shouldn't broach this topic because different people have different understanding. Look, I, I get it. I know you come from a good place. I appreciate you. However, Jesus didn't mince words. So you may have a different understanding, but if it's different than Christ's proclamations, then we have a problem, all right? That's number one. And number two, 
I get it. Nobody likes to laugh anymore because it, it, you know, it causes creases. And you want to starve to death without creases, without laugh lines. But good for the soul. Some people have been cured of being miserable by laughter. So there. Uh, this is who I am. I can't, I can't just keep harping on about my grandpa's message for America for an hour straight every week. If you want to know what it says, go to the website, read it. It's pretty spot on. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I, <laughs> I just got a, a Facebook thing from a friend, uh, and we talked about the dude thing last week, and he just wrote, dude. And it's an entire thing about how the Russians and the Chinese are plotting to attack America. And I wrote back, dude, with a period, because that's where we are. So if you want to know what, what the revelations are, you can go to the website. You can read them. But being aware of everything that's going on around you and, and, and doing away with the idea of holding out a false hope and expectation of a rising phoenix and a church that beasts its chest with strength. This is where the church is. The Mennonites allowing homosexual weddings. Churches in New York celebrating drag queens, yay, celebrating, not just accepting. So let's stop. Get on your knees, pray for strength, pray for wisdom, pray for discernment. And wait to see what tomorrow brings. Until then, God bless you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I guess we'll see you next week. And until then, Gino, if you've got anything to say, it's all yours. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Well, the word says in Revelation 18, you know, Babylon has fallen, fallen, and become the what? Home of every foul spirit and uncaged bird. And today, about half the program, Mike addressed this stuff going on with the church. I'm actually a bit shocked the Mennonite church has stooped that low, but not surprised. I asked him, me too, many times, what's going to bring the judgment of God on America? And he said, the sin in the church. And everything Mike's been sharing the last month about people from the megachurch, the Baptist church, 700 cases of sexual assault in the what? Baptist denomination, Southern Baptist. Look at the Catholic Church. Look at just look at the evil and perversion that's never to be in the house of God. How can your heart not break? How the heart of God breaks. And Mike's blowing a trumpet about this stuff because God says what's done in secret will be shouted from the housetops. And it just makes you wonder what kind of walk with God do they have? This is why we can't take the Spirit of God out of the church. This is why we can't not have the Holy Spirit in the church. And it's why we can't turn the church into a country club. Really, if you can, check out handtohelp.com and tell your friends, read the Through the Fire Without Burning book because we're right at the door of all of this stuff happening. And as Mike said, they want to take the guns. Well, guess what? That sure will perpetrate civil unrest. Let's get closer to the Lord while we can. Thank you so much for listening to The Light of Truth. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth, with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.